Hello and welcome to the Plastics World Cup Final Podcast, a show where three American wankers enter a small passage into the pages of the Argentina story. You're joined by young player of the tournament, Maddie Gaylor. Wow, thank you. Golden Boot winner, Blair Lacrosse. Thank you for this designation. <laughs> and Fair Play awardee, Jacob Burke. <laughs> the tale has concluded. The event finished, the saga closed, and the ever-winding wind of the World Cup has blown its last gust across the sands of Qatar. The wind carrying the hopes of Argentina up and up into a sky of blue and white. In a game scripted by the football gods and played upon the field by some of its storied actors, France fall as Argentina and their talisman Messi bring this fairy tale to an ending that we, the viewers, won't soon forget. The magic of the World Cup still shows that these games will always mean more, shining louder than those who use the games against the purity of the sport. The stars added to the crest and its stars lift the trophy. Guys, what a what a game. I don't think I'm emotionally recovered yet. Today has felt like 3 days in one. Yeah, it's, green eggs and ham. It's for for those so we Fantastic it's 9:18 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here in Brooklyn, New York City. And the final had concluded at around one o'clock. I th- no around yeah around one o'clock p.m. So it's been about eight hours, and we are just doing a late night recording session because Maddie's brothers are in town. They are indeed, and so you might hear some background noise, and that's them just kind of talking and partying it up in the apartment. They haven't stopped talking about the game. They're just going over every frame. Yeah. Every frame. We go by second watched, by second. Yeah. Yeah. We've actually watched the game three times There's now. some really crazy. critical frames <laughs> around the uh, 20th minute that I think uh, deserves breaking down a little bit more. So, it's like the Zapruder film, you know, if you've ever heard of that. The Zapruder? Yeah. ZipRecruiter? ZipRecruiter.com. This episode is brought to you by the Zapruder film. Speaking of brothers, wouldn't you like to have some office brothers? You can. With <laughs> ZipRecruiter. Wow, I wasn't Zip sure where this was going. We have the ZipRecruiter no film is a silent 8mm color motion picture sequence shot by Abraham ZipRecruiter with a Bell and Howell home movie camera. As United States President John F. Kennedy's motorcade passed through Delaney Plaza in Dallas, Texas on November 22nd, 1963, it captured the assassination of... <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's... I don't even... Do we want to just like bulldoze through that? Yeah, let's just ignore it. <laughs> okay. Let's just keep going. <laughs> this is a soccer podcast after all. Guys, how, how, how do you two feel after this? Just Speaking general, of political assassinations. <laughs> just general emotions. General, general feelings, general thoughts. Blair said he had a lot of them. What are your emotions, Blair? Blair, yeah, before, you, before we started, you said that you don't have a lot of critical tactical <laughs> No, emotions. I didn't just watch a lot this of feelings. game with a critical eye of one bit. Okay. Especially um, with his heart. Which is 
typical i guess i think i think that's a good way to watch a final is to watch yeah. it just with the entertainment in mind i i feel like i'm almost going to have issues listening to podcasts that try to get into the tactics of this game just because um like i don't know it was just like such an energizing moment and then if we get like bogged down and like oh you know this guy was here and everything uh, you know i just feel like it's just like yeah that's true um but yeah, it was a uh, it was an incredibly intense affair, and I f- am feeling physically and emotionally exhausted after it. Um, and even took a short nap, and still Recovered. tired. Wow. Uh, Manny, why don't you tell tell us how we watched it? So we were we were we knew we were going to have a lot of people, so we decided to host our own watch party, mm. which was fun, and we fit, you know. Uh, a good number of people in our very, very small living room. Um, but we had what, 11 people by the end of the game. Something like that. Um, my little brother, Alex showed up via Uber from the airport, uh, just in time to catch extra and PKs. The best part of the game. Yeah. Like by far. Yeah. Um, but he was definitely in the minority of fans rooting for France in the room, seeing as we were all, Rooting for Argentina. Uh, I, th- I think he just said that, to be honest. I don't think he ever cared. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, I think it's harder, it's much, much harder to, for me anyway, to critically analyze a game when it also doubles as a social gathering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that especially for pretty much everyone watching the final it really isn't a tactical game so much as it is a game driven by moments and driven by emotion because I mean, for the players as well, you know, the, the moment is so big and for us, you know, it's tough to talk to people about other things other than soccer and also pay attention to the soccer. Cause I when, don't relate to people. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, when you, when us three, when we watch <laughs> premier league games, oftentimes it's in silence, the, 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 it's in silence or the conversation is about nothing but the game. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And so when we're talking about when we're, when we're talking to people about, Oh, what we that that's offsides. What does that mean? And then we have to then explain what offsides is. And then or we talk about oh how was your day? Like did you get to the apartment all right? Yeah, and, you know yeah. all all sense of critically detail oriented discussion goes out the window. But like in the end, tactics for this game mean nothing for future games. Like analyzing what France did won't affect how France plays in the future because it's done. I mean, not like done forever, but. No, this. France is done forever. They're finished. They got banned to the Shadow Realm. Didier Deschamps is planking his way to uh, back to France currently. They, they, he might be. Yeah. He might be. And do making think, his players do you think do the it? French players have left already? Yes. They got on a plane instantly. They might have taken off from the stadium. Yeah, they probably left Mbappe like there. Like the Avengers jet. Just vertically <laughs> the, the rising jet. out of the... Yeah. Exactly. They left Mbappe there to get his award, and they said, "Fuck you, we're going." I'm pretty sure they well, because no, because they all they all had to get their second place medals. Yeah, that's well. true. That that picture was the like most boy band esque. They were sad, standing like not even looking at each other. It was 
It was such an. I I want to see a picture of it. You mean the each 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 award the young player the MVP no the no like when the, when they got the, their picture with all their silver place medals the whole French team yeah yeah they were like standing there not touching each other just kind of looking off into the distance I think probably replaying the events of yeah, the game how yeah. could I do it differently yeah, yeah Waterloo is surely on their minds in that moment yeah, yeah. Abba yeah the song yeah oh, I was thinking hello darkness smile <laughs> <laughs> I've come to talk with yeah. you again. I mean, I think, you know, for most of those French players, they probably took it in the chin a little better because they've, they won yeah. before. Yeah. Let, let's talk about, let's talk about the game though. Let's, let's try and talk about the game in how we saw it, right? As fans. Yeah. yeah. But also as fans who in the American sphere, anyway, pay a bit more attention to the, what's going, what's going on. So I, mean, I think, I think the biggest thing that happened in the first half for me was Olivier Giroud got subbed off. Uh-huh. 41st minute? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it was. Him, uh, you know, I think some of the commentators were discussing what the implications of this were. Were France trying to shore up defensively? Were they trying to get more active pressing involved? Was Giroud sick? Was he injured? Mm-hmm. So my question to you is, uh, was, was this a good decision disregarding the later events of the game it's really hard to to, it's really hard to uh sort of retroactively assess these decisions um i think in the moment making that change made sense to me um because they were getting so little out of because it wasn't just Giroud; it was a double sub right it was Giroud and ballet um and that's uh very disappointing for france just um, first off, because I mean, taking off Usman Dembele, especially at the 41st minute, is that is not plan A, B, or C, in my opinion. Um, they were really looking for something here, and they brought uh, Muani and Thurman, Thurum, sorry, on. Um, is it Thurum? Thurum? Thurum, thank you. Thurum, Thurum? Yeah. <laughs> Girls on film. Uh, and. <laughs> Uh, I think what they like, there was a moment like right after I want to say it was, um, Muani came on and he fouled, uh, who was it? Talia, Talia Fico, I think pretty hard. And it was just kind of like, yeah, this is like what they want. They want some energy. They want like somebody, some players that look engaged, Mm -hmm. whether it was because of illness, which seems like the most likely explanation given all of the reports that are coming out of the group prior to the final um but yeah they they were just definitely missing something there and this france team was struggling all over the place i mean they were struggling to hold on to the ball they just needed a change and they decided to go up top with it first i mean looking at Giroud's stats for the first 41 minutes he had 12 touches he was really not making any kind of appearance to the ball and i mean granted Really, France didn't really pressure or make plays until what the 75th minute. But I think that change was a shift in their mentality. Giroud played every single game, right? Like almost full games. Yes. That's so much soccer. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, again, uh, we, he, he rolled the clock back a bit yeah. in this tournament. I mean, he's 36. And yeah, I mean, uh, Taram came on. Um, quite a bit as well in this tournament, but 
it was sometimes on the wing. It was sometimes up top. So, and, and they would like to ship ship Mbappe central at times too, um, which I think was, you know, part of the plan with uh, this change as well. But I mean, Kulu Omani mm-hmm. and Taram both had way more effect than Giroud did in 41 minutes. They had, you know, shots. They were contributing to the forward motion. They were. Yeah, I think that's true. Do you, you think, though, that, like, maybe that was a bit of a panic sub at the 41st minute? If, if, if you're an assistant coach, right, do you try to get up to Deschamps and say, hey, let's wait till halftime? Let's try to calm the team down because I think the message that that sends the team, especially Giroud, taking it off at the 41st minute as opposed to taking it off in the locker room, it's not great. I think <clears throat> taking him off in the 41st minute, you I mean, we have felt the immense sadness of getting scored against right before <laughs> halftime. And if France had pulled that off and that energy shift had worked and they scored right before halftime, the full momentum of the game for them would have been in their half. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't want that third goal. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, a two-goal lead, we've always said, you've always said, <clears throat> is the most dangerous oh, lead. It's, it's, it's popular. The most sense, dangerous right? game. Dembele had a bit of a shocker, didn't he? Yeah, What was did. that about? <laughs> like, what the hell is that? <laughs> Kind of a he's a soft foul, but I mean it was it was going to be a penalty regardless. I, I think uh, you know that was a rookie mistake, and he's not that he's not he's not a rookie. He's not naive enough to to be able to make those mistakes without the knowledge of what he's done. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty poor. Um, I guess I understand the urgency from the player because he gets himself into a bad defensive position. He gets dribbled past. And is trying to recover. Not the greatest defensive player in the world. He was Mondombele. So, you know, he makes a pretty brash choice. Um, and, yeah, I mean, this referee was sh- certainly not shy about pointing to the penalty spot in this match. Um, three, three penalties? Three penalties, yeah. yeah. A lot of penalties. <laughs> not including the entire shootout. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that kind of signaled uh, what the sort of bar would be for penalty giving going forward. Yeah. I think though with the, the the substitutes, I think at the thirty six minute, as soon as Di Maria puts that second goal in, you make a change. I think that's what you'd have to do. Really, thirty sixth minute. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about Di Maria because he was probably for the first half anyway Argentina's most important player. Yeah. And he. <laughs> well, let's say so go for, keep going. Say why. Well, why do you think? his 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 hustle, his work rate, and I think Di Maria is a player that who's and there's a lot of these right but he's a player whose persona and what shows up fluctuates wildly and he is at his worst petulant and a bit of a ball hog who dribbles (laughs) into traps and ends possessions but at his best is what we saw today a a workhorse a playmaker and someone who was able to improvise in moments that go beyond what whatever Lionel Scalini was telling his team and I think if 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 anything this justified Scalini having faith in his older core of star players justify me I mean there's something about going into a final with people that have experience in finals that's true they the moment was not too much 
no. for these guys. I think they really stood up to the moment. I and I think France did. I mean, obviously, did not. For the first 75 minutes, they were yeah. not mentally playing the same game. They were not in the game. They weren't. It was, M- Mbappe was statistically, nowhere. Statistically, they were not even in the game. It was strange. I was texting my sister while the game was happening because she was watching it and she was asking me questions. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, now, she was saying, wow, Argentina's got a lot of possession. And I said, yes, but this is <laughs> France's idea mm-hmm. is they invite the pressure on to sometimes let their speedy attackers counter or to confuse teams that aren't used to as much possession, right? So I was being a bit cautious, being like, okay, well, let's just not counter eggs before they hatch. But then the game kept progressing, and I'm like, wait, maybe <sighs> France doesn't actually have a trump card here. They were just kind of vibing into Posting. nowhere mm-hmm. land. And th- you could see the Twitter was slowly bringing out the obscure stats of they haven't had a single shot mm-hmm. or not obscure, but the, the one I saw was they haven't had a single touch in the penalty area for the first like 60 minutes. Yeah. It's, it, it, it was, it's a wild thing. And I think in some aspects, right. Just, if you just take away the sides and just think of it as team a and team B, yeah. What France did later, coming back from two goals <laughs> at around the 61st minute, having nothing before, that's one of the biggest comebacks ever. Yeah. Yeah, it was a completely different team, you know. They looked, they just looked completely different. And I think before the match, we were discussing it, and it was kind of like, you know, if Argentina get this lead or get a lead, like how long will they be able to sit on it before they start to get nervous? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they've done that throughout this tournament, and... Um, yeah, it's like, um, they just have that in them, you know? And so this France team are certainly built to exploit that. And in a game like this, where you could see the like nervousness on their faces, you know, um, this is probably one of the most intense things that an individual can undergo is playing in a world cup final. Especially one this closely matched up. The, yeah. the amount of pressure on one person, yeah, especially if you're a central figure like Mbappe or like Messi, mm-hmm. it just has to be mind-bogglingly. Like, I can't yeah. even comprehend what you would do the night before. I would not be able to go to sleep. Yeah, I don't know. But you, know. but you, but knowing also that you have to go to sleep if you want to play. Well yeah, the and then next you're like day. telling it. It's like when you have to work the next day and you can't sleep. And you're like, I gotta work tomorrow. I need to fall asleep right yeah. now. <laughs> and then and you, then get you can't sleep. You're more. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, it's the same exact thing. Um, is me not being able to sleep before work. Uh, <laughs> it's the same same situation. We get it. We understand <laughs> each other. Yeah, exactly. You and me, we've got this report yeah. going. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, very, very, very intense. And Argentina managed just about to hold on. Just about. It, well, you know, I, I, I think it. it's funny because I, I think in this game really shows what the Argentinian DNA of, of of this particular generation is. It's it's they have the yips, right? Mm-hmm. Like they even though they have Messi. More like even though sucks. they've they've had some of the greatest <laughs> goals Sorry. Sorry. scores in the game in Sergio Aguero in in uh, Gonzalo Higuain at their in their respective moments, they have this 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 intangible quality where even though they might be up, even though they might be the superior team on paper, even though they might be playing better, there there's that moment that they can give up that just totally flips the script, and they can't 
not have it happen in any big games. Yeah. Yeah. Even even the announcer when Emmy Martinez got his uh, Golden Glove award was like, even though he let in a bunch of goals, he's still getting the Golden uh, Glove award. And it's like <laughs> Ar- Ar- that's Argentina's game is going up and going right back down. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 it's, it's kind of wild. Like Messi and like Argentina having to score too just to almost almost make sure that they can have a chance at winning. Yeah. Don't you think that I feel like again, I'm, you know, I I haven't followed the full growth and development of this Argentina side over the years, but I feel like I've watched enough at least Argentina Brazil matches in my life to like sort of get a a sense of how they've changed. And don't you just feel like the thing that Lino Scaloni happened upon, I and I think happened upon is almost is almost fair to say because Enzo Fernandez starting in uh, you know critical points in this tournament um was perhaps unexpected or a bit early in the timeline, but him finding such a functional midfield, something that a group that can undergird Di Maria and Messi, the two older figureheads in the team. Um that was this, that's got to be like the pivotal turning point for this group because they were so reliant on Di Maria and Messi in their earlier stages when Messi and Di Maria were younger players to and you know there there are others um, around as well but but to be these kind of like uh, carry us on your back players and they still did that in this tournament but they actually had quality around them to help them shore up uh, you know the gaps in the team where they needed it. Um, and that's something that this Argentina team seems to not have really had in the past. Yeah, I, I think the biggest, the, the crazy thing, because, you know, every tournament, it's like each team's this weird cooking pot. Yes. And you just kind of throw things in there, and whatever recipe comes out, it just happens to go. So much of this tournament is just blind luck. Yes. With a lot of skill, because all these players are incredibly talented. Yeah. But also, a shit ton of luck is needed. Yep. So... <laughs> This time around, I think, I said this earlier when I was talking about the team, right? Lionel Scalini is new guy in the block, right? Yeah, yeah. He's got nothing, no no accolades preceding him, mm-hmm. no sorts of trophies or fantastic seasons or great teams managed to herald before him and say, this is my system and this is why you'll play it. Yeah, exactly. Instead, he's got to manage an incredibly talented Argentinian team who some of those players are bigger than he is. So what does he do? He <laughs> says, okay, well, how do I make you guys work? What can I do to get the most out of you? And he tells, Messi, he tells Messi, he tells Di Maria, uh, you know, he tells at some points, uh, Lector Martinez to just kind of play their game. But also I think he has the right amount of players that don't have that same sense of ego. I'm talking about Enzo Fernandez. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Molina. I'm I'm talking about uh, you know Mac Allister, right? These guys that that are willing to be the workhorses, yeah. that are willing to do the dirty work and stay disciplined for the team. And that combination just clicked this tournament. Yeah, it's kind of like you know when you play. Um, I don't know if it's Football Manager or just FIFA, but. This team had the right, like, they had all the green connections. They might not have all been, like, managed by some superb manager, but they had the right connections with each other that made it easier for them to work with each other. 
That's a good point. Yeah, the, I think that that's actually both because in the in the online version of FIFA, you have those screen connections. Okay, so it's a big thing for FM. Yeah, I've never played either. I've just seen it done, okay. <laughs> um, and I just remember seeing all the little green connections. And I feel like it's always red for me. I don't know. I thought that was better. So I have like red go faster. Fast. Yeah. Red's yeah. fast. Red's faster. <laughs> RBG, right, Jacob? <laughs> <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Yeah. <laughs> RGB. Does it, um, is that wrong? Yeah. Let's, um, notorious. Let, let's, <laughs> notorious RGB. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, um, I mean, this is crazy because I think, again, we're, we're, we're talking about these things in terms of intangibles, in terms of these, these, these general platitudes of mm. how teams work, right? And leaning let, all the way in. Let, let, let's, let's lean all the way even further. Okay. Kelly okay. Mbappe. Ooh. 23 years old. He's down two goals. Takes a penalty. And in his second goal, he just <laughs> fires one. Oh my god. That goal was insane. What a what a I don't often use this word, but what a scrumptious <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> um yeah, dude, as soon as he wound up for that shot, you're just like, this is going in. <laughs> like, some crazy shit's about to happen. Oh, he's going on one. Yeah, like, you could feel it sort of building as, like, the ball's in the air, and you can see him start to, con like, contort his body to, like, get the power that he needs and the angle, and you're just like, he's feeling himself right now. He just scored that goal. They've, he's They're feeling the energy, because that goal, you know, the penalty sort of came, it was a from the blue really mm -hmm. they were they were doing nothing and then they got forward on one play um uh, and drew drew a foul in the box this this is what happens and then from there it just kick starts this huge france run and there's, it's just so energetic so electric and argentina are shook like you can tell they're shook and like you, we've seen it before it's very clear when they're shook it's like they know what's gonna happen yeah and then he's just served up this beautiful ball inevitable. and he fucking just fires it um there, yeah, I mean, uh, Martinez got a hand on it as well, but it was just, he, he hit it so hard that, like, I'm, I don't know how Martinez's hand stayed on his wrist. It's crazy he that Martinez, hands. he got hands on multiple so shots from many shots. Did. Yeah. And they just said, I don't care your hands there. I'm going to yeah. go through it. Yeah. yeah. So he's 23, right? And if you were to tell someone that in the final, <laughs> France, Kylian Mbappe is a hat trick and he mm -hmm. still loses. Yeah. I think that's something that they would be genuinely shocked or not believe you. I think the only way that you they would believe you is you said they he played against Messi. So here here's a question that you guys don't have an answer to, but you can have a take on. Ooh, I love these. Okay. Great. He's twenty three. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He That's is, correct. I think a goal behind Messi in terms of how many goals have been scored in a World Cup. Wow. Career he goals. Is, career goals. He is by twenty three? He's on track to beat Miroslav Kloza's uh, 16 goals, I believe, total in a World Cup, career-wise. That seems What's like that at? should be pretty doable. <laughs> uh, I think he's at 11. Oh, yeah. Uh, Welcome to the he, States. Here's your next he, four goals. He, ha he had a World Cup Five. at 19. He has a second-place trophy medal at 23. A World Cup that he played a like, pivotal role in, Yeah, too. a World Cup that he played a pivotal <laughs> role. Uh, he, he already has a golden boot. In the World Cup, yeah, he has league plaudits. He only is missing some Champions League silverware, of which he still is in the tournament, mind you. Domestic soccer is still happening, everyone. <laughs> no, and, not yet. And he plays on one of the best club sides in the world. He is one of the highest-paid players in the history of the sport. 
Mm-hmm. My question to both of you is, is he on track here? Is he on track? Is he on a, is he on a track that's labeled Messi-like? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think in at least one or two World Cups, he will be lauded as what Messi is being lauded as, the GOAT. That's what it, I mean, it's everywhere on like Twitter and everything. I think give him some time to mature. And I also don't see him going down like the very toxic mentality route that Ronaldo seems to be on. Are you sure about that? I don't know. I'm not. Okay. Um, I mean, he's only 23. So I guess, can he really be that full of himself at this point? Yeah. yeah, that's a good question. I, who has the bigger <laughs> ego, Kylian yeah. Mbappe or Cristiano Kylian, Ronaldo? Kylian Mbappe, I think, is a pretty damn big. Okay, ego. I, I haven't heard him talk about himself. Um, I just he, know what him I. And, uh, him and he was doing a little bit of uh, a little bit of tug and pull with Real Madrid, and uh, yeah. I think you got to have a bit of an ego to okay. do that. Okay, I mean, he's a very good player, so he has the room to do that, yeah. um, and he also backs it up and also plays well with a team, so. He plays so much. He's a much more team-oriented player with yeah. the France side than he is with PSG. Uh, oh, okay. I, th- I think. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think maybe part of it also is like there's more to play with the France team. Yeah. I think obviously a league on title isn't quite the same as a World Cup title or a Euro title. I honestly, unless it Lille's winning it, don't give a shit who wins the league on. <laughs> or Marseille. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like if PSG win it, who cares? But if somebody else wins it, that's cool. So I guess maybe the better question is. Does Mbappe need to move to? Yes. Okay. So if he won PSG's first UCL with them, would this? Um, yeah, that could be significant, I suppose. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, would he? So you're saying move to a team where he is number one, unequivocally number one on the team? Um, I don't know if that's quite the answer because I think the strongest candidate for his next transfer is Real Madrid. And yeah. I don't think there is a case where you're number one at Real Madrid in any universe. There are moments, right? But going there and saying I'm the undisputed number one at Real Madrid is impossible. There's there's too much at stake there. There's too many egos. There's too much star power. He wouldn't come to the Premier League? I don't I don't think so. I think he probably wants Real Madrid and the only Real Madrid. Yeah. Okay. I also don't really care about La Liga trophies either so <laughs> if we're keeping track here okay what about bundesliga so, trophies nope don't what, care about those uh, either Syria? so you do you nope, what, don't care about those either so does the premier <laughs> league you think mean more it's starting to mean less but yes it does <laughs> okay okay yeah. wait well, what do you mean starting to mean less if city wins it again it's just like who cares <laughs> okay. all right uh, whatever it doesn't matter uh so if you won it at, like i guess is this like a tiered system to you is there like a i think one I, tier with at Premier League and then other domestic titles. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have a Premier League bias here. I think, but I can. Yeah, um, no, on a Premier League know. podcast. What about, what about Milan winning it? Is that bigger than that was cool this year? Like last <laughs> season, Milan winning it as opposed to Man City winning it. Like what? 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 What's the metric there? You know, winning titles like a Scudetto mm-hmm. after a a reign of terror from Juventus and a little cameo by Inter. Okay. Here's the criteria. Yeah. Uh, winning a league is cool as long as you're not one of the clubs that wins it every single year. How about that? Okay. Yeah. Is, okay, so there's like a couple clubs there. You're not Juve, Bayern, Bayern PSG, City. Yeah. City. Like La, La Liga is interesting because it used to be back and forth between Real Madrid and Barcelona, but like that's 
But then you got Atletico kind of showing up. Yeah, on, yeah, on a blip. Yeah, doing their terror ball. And yeah, um, but yeah, I think I think I think Mbappe should probably move. Um, but yeah, maybe winning maybe winning it with PSG would be significant. But also like. I, I don't know. So I don't know. Did, did, how, do you, how am I supposed to feel about that? Well, well, because I will. Well, what I'm trying to get at is Messi's repeated dominance of La Liga. Yeah. Does that not add to his legacy? I think the thing about Messi's dominance of La Liga is it coincided with like a golden era of the like Real Barcelona rivalry, and some of the biggest players, like most storied players of the, <laughs> that generation, played against each other and alongside each other at those two clubs. And so it was just like these two teams going back and forth with each other. Okay. Um, and so like, I think that is significant and just how the dynamics of soccer have changed in Europe um, over the last decade, really it's shifted. I think so much of the locus of uh, power away from some of those like super clubs and more towards England. I mean, to be fair, that's where all the money is these days. Um, and so I think going to Real Madrid or Barcelona now and dominating is maybe just like slightly less of a status symbol as it once was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Last question. Uh, is it removing your Arsenal hat for a second? Yes. Premier League title yeah. or Champions League title? Um, ooh. Okay. Yeah. I. Maddie, this question goes to you as well. You can keep your last right hat on, though. I. Gee, thanks. <laughs> I think it's a Premier League title. Okay. Um, and I think it's because to win a league like the Premier League, you have to be really consistent um, over 38 game weeks. And I think with the Champions League, it is a knockout tournament style. Uh, it is a knockout tournament competition. Um, and those are you get luck with like your pot draws and all this. Right. Um, and also just once you get into the knockout stages of these tournaments, they just become kind of not random, but there's more chance involved. Sir. Well, I think yeah. we're all very familiar with that and having concluded the world <laughs> cup. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like yeah. Ch chance has won a premier league title Lester, but Hey, that was hard work and consistent <laughs> I performances. Think, I think it was the yeah, exactly right conditions. Exactly. And a beautiful, beautiful heist. Exactly. Yes. Thank you should you. be proud of that. Like, I am. Mm, it's I like am. stealing the Mona Lisa. Why do you think I'm fighting so hard so, for my boy? Well, Maddie, pr uh, Premier League title or Champions League title? I, I was going to say Premier League just because of it's such a um, bigger mental test okay. to perform consistently over okay. so many more games. And it's not so much luck as it is just playing really good soccer gotcha. all the time. And, you know, after a tournament like this, a lot of it was luck. I think like, yeah, jokers and fakers get found out in their, in their leagues, but I yeah. think you can kind of vibe your way through a tournament basically. We've seen, yeah, we've seen Real Madrid do that. Yeah, yeah France almost right. kind of did it. So let's circle this back then, because I think what we've talked about once again, we're once again on that domestic soccer train. So let's <laughs> let's bring it back to international really quick. Uh, I think what some cultural analysis might yield is that over time, over the years, the international scene has. Saw, seen a decline in prestige in the gravity and the 
the the importance in terms of what it means to these top-level players, right? So when, when you get to the cream of the crop in the football, soccering world from all these leagues, what they want isn't always necessarily an international title. And I was talking about this because I was trying to get into your heads the difference in these titles and these the, the gravity between these titles. And I think the Premier League seems to have surfaced as the big one, right? So mm. the World Cup, I think, this tournament has shown something as much as I didn't want it to, Qatar has done something to me and mm. has shown that there is a bit of spark of magic that you just don't get over, on average, a statistically evened out 38-game season. Yes. And so you can vibe your way through a tournament. Yes. And maybe you aren't the best team there, but it still means more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because it because because of what it does to the people because of what because of how it unifies countries mm. and regions and entire continents sometimes I'm looking at you Morocco and <laughs> and and it brings Are together attention, these Morocco? various tribes and diasporas and, and all under one banner for one glorious ninety minutes sometimes one hundred and twenty minute with Most penalties game and and then and then it culminates into, into this into this into a series. Of dewdrops of moments, and then you can, and then and then it's done. Yeah, yeah, and um, I think that how I was feeling going into this tournament was like, this is bullshit. Like, I don't want it to be in the middle of my domestic season, especially with how things are going. <laughs> um, but either way, I just didn't like the Old idea. Old man Blair yells. Yeah, yeah, and of course, it didn't have extreme ramifications for when we returned. But that's another conversation. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I was just kind of annoyed with it and its timing because yeah. it seemed to come at an inopportune time. But then as the you know last kick of the game um, was bagged in the net, I felt kind of disappointed, didn't want it to be over with. And um, yeah, I think that's a, we've come a long ways. But that's more to say about the beauty of the tournament and of international soccer, I think, than it is to say about uh, anything specific to Qatar. Um, yeah. so yes, I think that the international game in some way is, has, it, it, it's superior to the club game. Um, because it's like, it's sort of simpler, you know, there's tactics and you can see clear playing styles from these countries, but you know, you don't have that much time down the training pitch with, uh, you know, your international team, like you do your clubs. But would it mean just as much as it does right now if it was every year rather than every four years. I yeah, think there is just something innately special about it happening every four years. Champions League, it kind of like, it's middle of the week, you know, th there are yeah. extra games added on, but this is like everything shut down. Yeah, This mm -hmm. is the only thing people are paying attention to, yeah. and it's happening now and not for another four years. Yeah, because it's cool because, because everyone, even if you aren't, people like us you know different stops and they just kind yeah of hold their breath for a second and and you knew that because my family was texting me my they too. couldn't give a rat's ass about soccer outside my mom of this. was texting me this morning and yeah. and uh, I, about we, the game we have we have a we have a, uh, a friend's group chat and one of them was like oh my god i can't i, I didn't imagine me liking like he, in this was texted with almost like a hint of disdain, almost me looking a soccer, soccer game, game this much. Yeah. This is like a top five game all time. Yeah. And and I think you know for the average American viewer that might be 
how it is. And uh, yeah. yeah, you're you're absolutely right. The, the the every four years thing definitely adds to it. And there have been talks to make the World Cup a every oh, please by. Oh, yearly God, biannual no. thing or I can only take it I can only take it once every four years my vision was shaking during this game <laughs> I was hey, wait, you guys, you you guys think this, this might have been the best final game in probably I don't want to go grandiose but perhaps in in the world cup <laughs> in the world cup I mean uh, my mom would beg to differ with you I'm gonna go ahead and just say yeah probably what, what, what does your mom have to say? My mom said, I didn't like the way the game ended, dot, 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 cheap. They played 90 minutes and then decide the game by who has the luckiest dives? Question mark, question mark, question mark. That Stupid. is not, <laughs> that's not a bad complaint, actually. I think I think a lot of people have scratched their head about whether or not penalties are the best what way if to go. We, what if we just flipped a coin? What if they just made it? a half field game after the first 30 minutes of extra time were done? I, You know what I like? And that would be I, I like I like the way players. hockey does it. Mm-hmm. Three people on the ice plus the goalie. Yes, exactly. And that's overtime. Yeah, and this opens up and it totally Three people changes on the, field. the strategy. Yeah, it'll never happen. Yeah. But <laughs> one pro versus a hundred children. Or like, yeah, you 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 go <laughs> to a smaller square with yeah, with maybe it's battle smaller, royale style. Yeah. The, the circle closes. Okay, we need to get some like rules on and mm-hmm. write to... Who do we go to first? FIFA? Our senators. UEFA? We go to our congressman. I demand recourse. Um, yeah, no. I think, though, what's fun about this game... I was, I was going through my files and trying to think about which of the sporting events that I've watched start to finish in my life have been like the most impactful on me um, and have stuck with me. And I could think of a few of them. Um, one was the Michigan basketball game against Kansas in the March Madness tournament that Trey Burke hit the game-winning three, I think, in overtime. I remember exactly where I was. Deep-ass three. Yeah, I was sitting in my hotel room on spring break and, with some friends, and we were going insane. That was that was one game. The Rose Bowl game in 2005 has been one of the greatest sporting events I've ever watched in my life. It was uh, Vince Young and Mark Sanchez, and they were just going back and forth. Uh, I'm not Matt Liner, not Mark Sanchez, going back and forth. It was just haymakers, and it ended with the last drive and a game-winning touchdown. It was insane, insane game. Um, the famous OKC Thunder versus Golden State Warriors game where Steph Curry hit like a half-court three, and he had been on fire and was draining threes. And then he just runs off the court. Yeah, and, and uh, Marv Albert, or Mike Breen just goes, bang, 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 after he hits it. Um, I remember sitting alone in my living room watching that and going absolutely insane. This is up there with that in that Pantheon. And I think it's because the way the international game is played, especially as these guys get tired and uh, sort of lose their bodies and lose their minds a little bit, it becomes so frenetic and uh, so fast-paced. It becomes like a basketball game almost. It's just back and forth. Yeah. In that second extra time period, each team produced about like 1.2 XG. And they both had just like really crazy good chances. And there were these saves that were happening. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? You can't even keep track with all of it. And it was just like building this crescendo of things. And so, yeah, that's what makes it really exciting. But then it ends in the penalties. I'm just like, okay. Right. I mean, Varon's body literally gave out. Yeah, he looked like he was struggling. Yeah. Mandy, what about you? Well, what are the what are the top sporting moments in in your in your history of viewing it? What well, what which ones stick out to you? 
the most? Um, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Growing up, I watched sports, but I was never like... I, I, I was a Detroit fan. Yeah, but, so but even, not even professional, just in general. I... I Sco- scored a goal from outside the 18, and I still remember that one for some reason. Oh, you did? Of course. Yeah. Outside That's the 18? Sick. Man. Yeah, I was, I was okay at soccer. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was U12 girls soccer, so like... 18 is 18, dude. That sounds um, bad. 18 yeah. yards is 18 yards. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> it's just a number. Um, you know what I mean. I wasn't I mean, sure most, at first, most but I got of there. like the big moments I remember are yeah. from like recent, like the going to the Champions League final went? at a bar oh. in Manhattan, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Um, going to like the the pictured store, like the the end of this Premier League season last year. Yeah, mm. um, I came down to it. That was wild. Yeah. yeah, I think you guys paid a lot more attention in college to I th- a You really dove head first, didn't you? I did, yeah. yeah. I, I mm-hmm. said both my feet are in this. I yeah. just should drown myself in okay. baseball. <laughs> Very um, nice. So here I am, drowning. I think mine are much less college sports oriented, mm. but I I will I will say uh, it's, it's mine are much more Detroit focused. Uh, mm-hmm. The 2001 wings avalanche series <laughs> those are intense i remember i, I love those there's so a 30 much. for 30 on espn about that uh, i think i remember the tigers oakland a's series that mm. took us to the world series uh maglio adornia's you always have a place oh, in my heart mags <sighs> what a man what a what a hair mm. uh let's see what else uh i big big fan uh, i used to I used to be very into Pistons basketball. Mm. Uh, 2005, big, uh, huge uh, Tayshaun Prince fan, Chauncey Billups. Uh, Your but, voice is getting more and more sultry yeah. as you talk about these games. <laughs> well, I, well, I Oof, the, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, this, this is a little personal, but I, I think that, you know, I don't know as a kid, right? But I suspect that my parents didn't have a ton of money during in, in and around 2006 to 2008, you know, for reasons that are obvious. Mm-hmm. And so these, these sports moments that you Beanie go babies. to where, you know, when you watch the, <laughs> when you watch the, the wings play the Calgary, the flames. Oh yeah. Or when you watch the Pistons take on, I, I want to say it was the heat at the time, but anyway, you watch these games and, and those things stick with you. So yeah. when, when I see kids that are, at these crazy final events, <laughs> I, I, you know, I mean, obviously, I, I, I just think, I hope they understand one day how lucky they were to yeah. be there to to watch something like that. And I, it kind of makes me a little bit sad to not have had that same experience with soccer in the Premier League or in like a domestic league, to, like as a kid going with your parents, yeah, walking yeah. up the stairs. As the, the songs crowd are being sung and, and everyone's drunk. Exactly. Yeah. And and and, and as a kid, I think that makes you that I mean, like you understand why people are so head over heels with yeah. the sport and why it's such a such a cultural phenomenon that mm-hmm. everyone just buys into like yeah. with a without abandon. Yeah. And in in America, there's just this weird I mean, there's the Atlantic ocean but like there's just this weird wall that, that just separates us and we, we just look at that tv and, rights deals and, and when you start paying attention you kind of like look over the the garden hedge and you see all this going on and then uh-huh. you look back at oh look at all these franchise teams yeah oh they just moved the local raiders 
to Las Vegas. What? <laughs> anyway, and then you just you just you just see that difference, and then I don't know. It's not something that I can really explain. I just feel a weird mm-hmm. melancholy that I didn't have that. Yeah, yeah, I feel that too. Yeah, I do. I do. I feel that it's um, yeah. It was it was it was strange sensation at the end of this match because I didn't want it to end. I was I was sad about it ending and this tournament ending. But I think that was I think that was part of it too. Jacob it was the same same feeling. It's just kind of like it, it, when you in the moment when you like you watch something and you're like, this is like this might be the greatest sporting event I ever watched in my yeah. life. It's like I hope it's not. Yeah, I know. But then you're like, but the odds are like kind of high, <laughs> but right? Like, it would be cool if it was. Yeah, yeah. So you're just kind of, you feel conflicted. You're like, you know, I've, I'm happy that I've witnessed this, this tremendous thing, you know? It's like when you, you know people who it's like, oh yeah, I remember seeing peak Michael Jordan play. Yeah. And it's like, I have no idea what that's like. And so I always think, oh yeah, LeBron is a better player probably. Um, but it's like, I don't know what peak Michael Jordan was like. I've seen and heard stories, but you know, uh, Mike Tyson, same kind of thing. Um, Maradona, you know? And so it's, it's hard to get into that frame of mind so you feel lucky to have seen these things um but yeah there is a there is a melancholy that comes along with it like i think for us three you know did you want to say something i was just gonna say this is like a beautiful therapy session uh they're they're you know us three will probably never see messi play never well if he plays for inter miami yeah i mean things would have to happen right like there are conditionals Mm -hmm. and i i think though i would Knowing, you know, being the person I am now, I would probably pay lots of money to somehow go back to 2015. Yeah. Go to go to Camp Nou mm-hmm. and watch him just just trounce everyone. And, and I think that, you know, you mentioned, you know, these great athletes, Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Yeah. Uh, you know, all the greats of whatever respective cultural sport that binds everyone. And I think the the, the thing that brings these great athletes up above their peers is that those moments where they just have the ball or aren't in possession of like the soccer ball and that you just kind of hold your breath because yeah they might they might do something here and you saw it again Messi through this tournament it was it helps to have Lionel Messi it was it was something that, that yeah I mean like you don't you know you don't have to you don't have to know English but if you spoke. Spanish and I spoke English mm-hmm. and I just said Messi's fucking good you would know exactly what I said <laughs> yeah 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 um I had I uh took a car back to the house from from Manhattan today and uh I was talking to the Uber driver and he was from Senegal and I was like oh are you been watching the World Cup and you know of course like the first thing he comes out of his mouth is like oh yeah you know I've been, I love watching Lionel Messi you know like he is soccer now, right now. Yeah, you know, unites like yeah. the name itself unites. Yeah, either for or against. I think people <laughs> had, there are two camps currently, uh, pro and Messi and Pinaldo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, can we settle the debate though? Is Messi now the greatest player of all time? Make greatest soccer player of all time? Yeah. yeah and but, uh, father. <laughs> Stop it. Your dad. <laughs> Dad, I love you. Yeah, I, honestly, like I, I hope Tiago and Mateo really just eventually see. Oh my goodness, I have been blessed. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, um, is he the greatest soccer player of all time, Maddie? Yes, yes. You said that without yeah, hesitation. Yeah, I, I think I think this settled. I think in this moment. Yeah. Yes. You think so? Okay. Without much ado for himself, 
he is a he seems like a pretty humble guy he seems like he's got you know his priorities but he also just yeah. loves the game I, like his I, teammates i do enjoy how you i you personalize like, them yeah, you, you uh, do well. i think that i think that's great for like op-eds you know when you yeah. when you go into the the facets of their personalities mm-hmm. so yeah say so i think he is a humble guy i think i think he might be right or he has one of the best pr teams on earth Dude, they have to do some like big work if that's. I mean, like he he did the it was the whole tax avoidance scandal. Mm. You know? Yeah, just, but everyone has that in Spain. <laughs> Barcelona had had the, had the campaign where like we are all Leo Messi, and when, when, <laughs> yeah. when the feds were going after him to try and make him hey pay the money pay that you make. It's like, and they all don't do it because they know that they can just get that two year suspended sentence or whatever. Yeah. They don't and actually they just, have to go yeah. to jail. Like, oh no, I have just, to spend yeah. house arrest in Barcelona. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, it's like oh, this is so <laughs> so. But easy. not during the season because you have to travel. Yeah, but yeah. like, yeah. but not we'll when you're vacationing. You, but you yeah, know, yeah, just let us know when you can do this. <laughs> Remember Panama? Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think I think he, in my opinion, yeah, I think he's the best best soccer player in terms of just the sport, right? Mm-hmm. As of right now, I think there are other m- factors that you have to consider with that question. But paying taxes? No, because well, like when when you, when you when you think about soccer, you intrinsically it's intrinsically linked to culture and world events, and so immediately what comes to my mind is. Messi hasn't had to face too much actual crazy, like, world-altering events in his lifetime, right? And Pele grew up in a fascist Brazil, (laughs) and so he was, like, under just totally different kinds of expectations that shouldn't be on an athlete. Yeah. So that's one thing. Maradona was the first of his kind, right? To mm-hmm. not not the first, but like he he was the guy that brought it up and then Messi was like the mold after him. So like is the first better than the second, right? Like that that's the whole Michael Jordan LeBron James thing. Mm-hmm. Right? It's it's tough to say. I I I actually posed the question to the group is the best male athlete to ever play a sport and then Blair's <laughs> like shut up. <laughs> I just that conversation to me is harder to do, but um I mean it's definitely a worth i mean it's it's a conversation that could could be had i just don't generally have fun with it myself but it's a good thing goats travel in herds am i right <laughs> did you come up with that yeah that's awesome <laughs> oh man that's awesome that's a great saying yeah uh Kylian mbappe had one of those moments in this game too where he almost dribbled through like four argentinian defenders in the box before getting shot off but he just yeah lost it. Mbappe. yeah so, he's gonna be pretty good i he's, think he's got a career, i think he's gonna be okay yeah. when when the french uh i almost said policeman mm. the french president uh comforts you and tries to Emmanuel bring you back Macron. up and you are moody to the french president yeah. that is when you have become bigger than the french president yes. i mean he definitely definitely is he definitely has more money right do you think i think no yeah. maybe not maybe not maybe Emmanuel. i don't know I don't speaking, speaking of the award ceremony i mean martinez was on one wasn't he <laughs> <laughs> He, <laughs> yes, that man was horny as hell. <laughs> that man was feeling himself. Yeah. Th- I let's 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 focus on this last player for a second. The biggest uh, biggest game of his career, <laughs> bar none. But my goodness, he was a man born for the moment, wasn't he? Oh, goes okay. Let's hear it. I mean, he 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 entered into a tornado of chaos and he bent it to his will mm. 
And he was the only person in the entire field that looked happy to be in the PK shootout. He looked oh like he God. wanted to be there. He was <laughs> dancing. In his element. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's not, Peter Drury had a great, great little uh, snippet. He's like, he's a goalkeeper of character, mm-hmm. right? Whether or not that character is good, who cares? But it, it was, it was something that I think it's not, it's a, it's a very rare quality to have a goalkeeper that is legitimately psyched out of his mind to be right <laughs> there in a PK shootout at a world cup final. You, you select a thousand goalkeepers. He's the only guy that's like, no, I do want that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hugo Laurie did not want that. No, he, he looked knew. like he was being forced to watch his own birthing video or something. <laughs> like he, he did not want, he, he didn't look like he wanted to be there. Um, which is understandable, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, Martinez, that's like his moment. You know, that's his stage is a penalty shootout. And he usually thrives in that moment uh, for whatever reason. He's very good at it. Um, covers a lot of space as a keeper. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird thing. I, like I said, Jacob and Maddie, the more I watch <laughs> penalty shootouts, the less I understand them because yeah. I don't know what makes a good penalty keeper or a penalty shootout keeper like wise. I mean, Martinez good. Is it because he's kind of crazy? Um, you know, I don't know what makes a good penalty taker necessarily. Um, I don't know what order they should go in. Um, I feel like I'm grasping this concept less over time. But yeah, I think it's one of those things where if you keep thinking about it, it just it's like a fractal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It just keeps expanding into itself. And yeah. You're left just holding your head. It's it's definitely something born of the moment. Uh, let's let's do one last thing, gang. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna rely on both of you to select mm. our plastics. Oh, I love this. This podcast. is where I get murdered by the fans. Team Mason of the tournament. Mount. <laughs> okay. Goalie so, Mason Mount. The, we're we're gonna we're we're gonna select our best eleven of the tournament, right? Mm. In in our humble opinion. And we're going to do it uh, in a very democratic style where we just go around and say the names in order. So we've got a classic 4-3-3 coming up. Okay. Ooh, okay. This is what we're going to do. I can't do my four stacking two left backs on the left side. <laughs> Unfortunately, okay. no, we cannot select 11 strikers. Dang. So let's think of goalie. Uh, yeah. Can I go first? Can I pick the first player? Of course you can. Yeah, I think it's got to be Lovakovic from, from uh, Croatia. Oh, yeah, but some good candidates in here as well. Yes. Uh, I think we talked about them. Uh, uh, Bunu. Um, I was going to go with Bono. Yeah, was very good. Um, I think as theatrics and penalties shootouts aside, Emmy Martinez was just kind of fine as a like regular timekeeper. I mean, except for that one save right there at the end. Yeah, that's like, true. We forgot literally to that. saved that was insane. the entire game in that moment. His thigh, yeah. like he put on the muscle in that thigh for a reason. <laughs> he, I think, whatever. I mean, Martinez brought to the table. I don't know what he brought, but whatever he did bring, yeah, it was able to lift and outpace the curse of Higuain. Because <laughs> Latoro Martinez wasn't shaking it. Nope. Nope, he was not. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um, yeah, I think those those two definitely deserve a shout, though. Um, okay. But I think for me, it's Lobakovich. That guy okay. was pretty pretty damn good. I like that. Uh, Maddie. give me a left back or a center back of your choosing. If you choose a left back, I'll choose a right back. If you choose a center back, I'll choose another center back. Um. Oh, not a right back, though? If you want. Okay, I, I'm going to go with Hakimi. 
Okay. Okay. That's a, I think that's a decent shout. Morocco. Yeah. Great, great choice. Yeah. Attacking fullback. I think he outperformed uh, yeah. what everybody, I mean, obviously Morocco outperformed. Yeah. yeah. I think he might be a bit maligned uh, this tournament, but in my opinion, I thought Teo Hernandez did brilliantly in, 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 in if you look back as to what happened, stepping right? into his brother's role, <laughs> the second fiddle yeah. just, just slots in. And it's like, Oh, well this works. Okay. Teo Hernandez, Hakimi. Ashraf Hakimi. Blair, give me a center back. Give you a center back. Oh, this is easy. Gavardiol. I'm a, I have a lot of Croatia bias here. Yeah. Um, but yes. I think he was probably like close to one of the players of the tournament. Uh, so yeah, this guy was unbelievable. And uh, I don't know if it was you that was saying this, Jacob. Uh, maybe it was Carl, but the it's sort of rather unfortunate for him that maybe the defining moment of his tournament was getting absolutely shook to death by Lionel Messi in the box. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> he didn't look great in it's, that instance. But it, you know, I think he'll silver lining of the center backs that Leo Messi has <laughs> yeah. juked. He will never. Jerome Boateng. Jerome Boateng. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Maddie, give me another center back. Fine. Um, okay, you knew this was coming. I, mm. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, what would have been next? I don't know. Um, I don't think he did particularly. Okay, well then don't select him. <laughs> yeah, that guy sucks. He had a terrible tournament. But we, we must fill the dead okay, air. I think Varane gave his heart, body, and soul. Making it Varane? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Is that a bad shout? Um, I think over what the, about Sice? Over, well, no, over the course of the entire tournament, he had a pretty good pretty good tournament. I think Christian Romero had a pretty solid tournament. <sighs> that was the person I said I didn't want to pick. He was also excellent, I thought, today. He had okay. some really, really astounding well, tackles, it's, it, and it that is, could be a recency It is bias. Maddie's choice. Um, so we must I'll, I will take her. your yeah. bias into effect and say uh, Romero. Okay. You think Christian Romero... Yes. Okay. I will select a midfielder now. Ooh. Okay. And I think this makes my job very easy because I will select Antoine Griezmann. Yeah, I knew you were going to do that one. <laughs> nice. As our workhorse box-to-box midfielder. Mm-hmm. Okay. Notice I said box-to-box. Yes. So what we have now is an attacking midfielder left uh-huh. and a defensive midfielder left. Okay. So, Blair, please pick. Um. Yeah, it's got to be uh, Sofian Amrabat from Morocco for me. Good choice. Is a holding midfielder. I think he really uh, did a lot to plug the gaps in their defensive line and uh, shielded their defensive line, I should say. And for that, for this Morocco side to be one of the most, I said, I guess, stout defensive units in the tournament, he is largely to credit for that. And so, um, yeah, another shout for uh, a player of the tournament. Um, very, very good. Is he a defensive midfielder? Yes. Okay, so I can't choose Modric then. Uh, you know what? I'll allow it. You can. We could do a double pivot with a defensive midfielder. Sure. It'd be. I we, mean, he's we're, very we're, we're good. We're playing a conservative at, style here, guys, but we can make it work. I think he's very good at putting the ball forward. I think he's him and Erickson in my head kind of That's play fine. the same. We'll ball. shove Antoine Griezmann up top to our attacking. We'll put Modric as our number sure. six. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah. We'll make it work. You're managing this team, right? Uh, apparently. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So I have the, I think I, I am now, I have the easy selections. I, I think guys. <laughs> so now I'm going to pick one of the front line here. Ooh. I'm going to go one. with, uh, Who are you going to choose? I'm, I think I'm, I'm going to 
It's a tough choice here, oh, but I think man. I'm going to go with... Uh, <laughs> I think I think actually this is the clearest choices for this, but it's gonna be Leo Messi. What? Who? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Blair, you can choose a right or left winger and a striker because I think Messi kind of just gets his own thing. Okay, so we're doing a twelve-player lineup. No, we've got two more choices. Okay. So this is eleven. I can do. You said a, a striker or a right winger or a left winger. Yeah. Um. So wait, I'm confused, Jacob. So Messi kind of does his own thing, right? So you can choose a striker, or you oh. can choose a left slash right winger. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Um, you know, there's no other names that really come to mind in this tournament. There is a correct answer, I think. Here, no, I, I don't think there is. Okay. Um, oh yeah, Killian Mbappe was pretty good <laughs> in this tournament. Um, there he is. Oh, there right. He is. Yeah. Do you know how hard I had to fight myself from saying Bukayo Saka? <laughs> <laughs> so hard. I would have simply moved on. I would have. I think there's an argument here. We're moving on. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Kylian Mbappe is insane. Okay. I love watching him play, especially yeah. for France. You know, between him and Messi, I think it, it, it's something that their their play styles, or you know, something about them. I mean, their, their sheer athletic ability really just makes you think that is the correct way to play soccer. Mm. That is how it was yeah. meant to be played. Do you think they should play together? That would be crazy. What if they got like a playmaker really in there? Novel concept. Get like Neymar behind him? Ooh. Laying him balls? Yeah. yeah. And you know what? Let's just, since we're on LSD, <laughs> let's just throw Sergio Ramos with oh. a ponytail in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay, Maddie, you get a striker. Okay. Um. <sighs> oh, I'm torn. Are you? I'm torn between two elderly... Okay, we've got in one corner. Di Maria. In another corner? Uh, Giroud. Okay. So one of those is a striker. I think one of them is really good. What do you mean? Di Maria's not a striker. Oh, he was just playing up top. He was, yeah. Um, both of them are really good working with their teams. Mm-hmm. I think Di Maria is... he. Him coming off today was like a... He gave a lot to the team. He did. Um, we can play false nine Messi if you want to choose Di Maria. Mm, that's true. No, I think I think Mbappe like and Giroud together with Griezmann and a Messi at the top. I think we're going with Giroud. Okay, that is your. Well, hang on, gang. We can now all three of us at the same time choose. Not the same time. <laughs> all three of us now will unanimously on three. focus on a manager of the tournament. Ooh. Greg. Just kidding. I'm kidding. We want the full utilization of this team. Yeah. We do not. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what could Greg do with this team, you think? <laughs> you could talk shit in the media about him. Does To me, this award sort of selects itself because I think in terms of uh, the run they made and the performances that they uh, put in, this Morocco side absolutely overperformed. And mm-hmm. so I, I believe their manager... Um, deserves to be recognized. Um, Walid Regragi. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, but he, uh, <laughs> I think, just had really um, outstanding performance and got a lot out of this group, and had to had to deal with a ton of adversity, injuries, um, and yeah, they just made it through. I I don't know. I mean, they were just really impressive. So I've, for me, that's who I would pick. I would agree. Can I humbly offer an alternative? Sure. I would love to hear it. Morocco, a proud people that have recently come to a fourth place finish of the World Cup. 
something mm. that the nation will always story and cherish in the hearts of its citizens. Going to go with Croatia. Thirty-seven million people banded together. But may I counter with a nation of just four He's going to go with Croatia's manager. A tiny nation uh-huh. recently born out of the fires of civil war. Did okay. Japan just lose a lot of people? <laughs> Zlatko Dalic is someone that has taken Croatia to a final mm. in 2018. But we're not talking about that. And nope. a third place finish in 2022. Mm, that sweet, sweet hardware. Beating Morocco. Mm. I humbly offer... What about Hansi Flick? Um, he can eat rocks. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He can eat rocks. Um, yeah. I mean. What if it was uh, Dalich with his assistant manager of. Horrible. It would go so wrong. No. They would be best of friends. <laughs> uh, but I am outvoted. So we shall go with the Moroccan national manager. The hot Moroccan mamas back can at you, it can again. Can you give me his name again? Walid Regragi. Thank you. If I'm pronouncing <clears> that is your plastics 11. And one last question before we close up, before we leave you Ooh. for the time being till domestic season pops back up again, let's get your M O T T O T M man of the tournament of the match man <laughs> of the tournament. Other than Messi. Oh, oh Maddie, you go first. <laughs> Thought that uh, was going to make it easier for you. I mean, yeah, I guess Mbappe. <laughs> The golden boot winner. <laughs> That's fair. Um, and this is where the really tense music starts playing on who wants to play a millionaire or who wants to be, be a millionaire. No, it's not tense. It's not tense. It's hard to look past the performance of Antoine Griezmann. He did it all and every game kept going. How is it possible that he's doing this so successfully. It was like the Jesse Pinkman meme. Yeah, he can't keep, keep getting, getting away, away with, with this. Um, so I think that's a strong candidate. I just kind of want to like tease out the question maybe a little bit and see like what other options there are though. Um, yeah, uh, I think Gavardiel actually was a, a pretty good shout. Um, that guy was pretty outstanding as well. And I think made a lot of really individual contributions. Um, in that defensive line, and also scored a goal in the the third place game. Uh, by the way, those teams seem to really care about the third place game as much as we probably didn't. Yeah, uh, the Croatian players were very happy to be winning that game, which I thought was kind of cool. It, well, isn't it just kind of philosophy? Like the third place winner is always happier than the second place winner. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was uh, also a really fun game. I, I think it's a telling that you know French players just popping out of the woodwork with uh, with like these other players and they're, they're just a collection of such talented stars. I mean, like yeah. my, my suggestion other than these was going to be Olivier Giroud. Yeah. Just really stepping up, mm. you know, Kareem Benzema gets injured. Olivier, we know you were going to be our backup and you haven't scored at all in the last tournament. Come, come on down. Yeah. And you know, he filled in those boots. Well, just about as well as you could have expected. Yeah. I'm going to pick Griezmann. Uh, I'm also going to shout out group stage hero, enter Valencia. Long may he reign. Yes. Well, it's I'm, I'm kind of sad, guys, because this is it. Well, Jacob, what's your pick? Well, I was going to say Olivier Giroud. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think you know, if, I think it's important to have these group stage heroes. That, but ultimately, uh, it's going to be probably quarterfinals or, well, I'm sorry, semifinals or higher, really. Ultimately, the- that felt <laughs> like months ago. Yeah. What about Enzo Fernandez? Young player of the tournament. Julian Alvarez. 
gosh. So many mixed feelings about him going home to City. Yeah. Um, he was really what, good. He was. He was <laughs> really good. You know, he really is just the perfect foil to Messi. Yes. he He's just got all the things that Messi in his 35 years of age no longer has enough of mm-hmm. i i think it's i think it's great that argentina's got this younger core to lead them on and who knows when messi will retire but he's I, made it public he's not retiring yeah i mean international play i today. Will, well i will take it with a grain of salt mm. with the amount of endorphins that are probably coursing yeah. through his, his body wife right is like now. please for god's sake can we just have one vacation it's going tom brady mode <laughs> Yeah, without like the as much of a risk of the concussion, I suppose. Yeah, the that there's yeah, it's there's probably, all that still, still out risk, there. Yeah. Anyway. What about Adrian Rabio, guys? Can I can I convince you on that one? Can I sell an, can, can I cannot. sell you an I've Adrian got Rabio? One used Adrian. Rabio. <laughs> <laughs> I think he actually had a pretty solid tournament, did, all things did, considered. He did. uh, didn't catch that flu. I think we underrate how insane Shumeni has been. Look, you're just listing the France um, squad. Okay. Can I sell you on? Yeah, I really am. Um, okay. Yeah, we are. Right. I'm rambling. You know, let, let's 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 gently close. Let's do a little bit of a Dune Ma here. So mm. uh, it's spitting out words. Dune Ma. It's it's sad. You know, a little bit bittersweet. So hey, thanks for thanks for sticking it out. Yeah, thanks for being with us, folks. I hope you enjoyed our content. Yeah, I think this is one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, well, it's been a real, it's been a real uh, sentimental. Episode, yeah, it hasn't? has. I really want to cry right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, it's honestly, okay. I was in here doing a bit of busy work, and I was watching the celebrations, and my eyes were watering. <laughs> I was watching. <laughs> well, the, it's the dust. It's a dusty room. There yeah. was, uh, there's, <laughs> there's, the a, there's a beautiful. You should go look it up, even if you don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a beautiful moment where. And I'm trying to get his name right now. I don't usually understand beautiful moments. Um, but there's an Argentinian commentator that finishes finishes like uh, upon the the last penalty kick of the game, and he's just like he's just like crying as he's saying, "Argentina campeón, Argentina campeón," and it's just it's it's something that just like you, I have no idea what the fuck this guy's saying, but like I feel it. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. It's a beautiful game. <sighs> well. Anything to add, guys? Anything to close on? Um, uh, everybody have a happy holidays. We're gonna take a little oh break. Oh my goodness, yes. Um, we're we've we're gonna try and not burn ourselves out completely. So mm. I think we're gonna take a little bit of a break and come back after the New Year's. This is news to me. Oh, I was expecting reports on my desk tomorrow morning. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. I'll have those Boy, stats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Those expense reports. It's crazy that we're taking a break so we don't burn out, but the players can't do the same. What a novel concept. I wonder if uh, (laughs) I can translate that to anywhere else in our lives. Um, Yeah. Player, anything to close on? No shots at my boss or my my company. (laughs) (laughs) No shots taken. Um, Sorry, I'm rambling now. Uh, Yeah, have a happy holidays. Thank you, as always, for being with the Plastic Podcast. We have fun doing this. Happy holidays, folks. Go out, be with your family, talk about the tournament, relive the moments. Drink and be merry. Drink and be merry, yeah. Did you guys see that Virgin Mary tattoo? That yeah, awesome. that was weird. Oh my was god. Was it was it Montiel that had that? It's never gonna be as bad as Vitrellison's. Oh. You see Neymar blocked him on Instagram or something? Yeah. yeah. Really? There was rumors he, like, that he paid him, like, him to the, get it removed. Yeah. Get his what? get his face removed. Did you see Neymar's face? It's fucked up. On his back? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. It looked really bad. It was like 
like his face was like almost like clay shaped. Yeah. Maybe he wanted it to be bad on purpose. But I mean, he doesn't strike this guy that makes good decisions. <laughs>